0: I'm Pooja Sharma of IBS Intelligence and you're listening to IBS iViews podcast. With me is Rohit Garg, co-founder, CEO, SmartCoin. Just give us a brief introduction of what SmartCoin is. Thanks, Pooja. I think to put it very briefly, uh, basically, SmartCoin is a credit-led digital financial platform which focuses on the underserved middle and lower income segments of the country. And when I say underserved middle lower income segments, we are talking of Both salaried segments, wherein you have people who are working either in um, middle layer jobs or even in like blue-gray collared sector, which actually encompasses a large part of our uh, formal population, as well as the self-employed sector, wherein you could think about your uh, say small grocery shop or a contractor, you know, who basically has a force of some people and he's trying to uh, take up certain projects within the construction sector or otherwise. So all these are the people where we have the maximum chunk of our population situated. But if you look at how the credit market works, uh, the top 5% is where all the banks and majority of the NBFCs have focused on credit, uh, particularly. Uh, this is the segment which is relatively well understood, falls in sort of the affluent or you know mass affluent income bracket. And I think we have obviously seen a lot of growth happening this over the last two decades. But what is interesting is the next 300, 400 million people who come from this layer that we are operating in, they're still largely underserved. And to this like 300, 400 million people base, uh, the total credit outflow is not even 10% of the volume that we see. So that's where we saw huge opportunity. And there are naturally challenges why this is not working You know, uh, from the large institutions. And we'll talk about that. But The central idea is that uh, this is a segment where we can create a big impact using AI and machine learning technologies in a big way, because what we have seen in the last five to seven years, we have seen humongous expansion in terms of digitization, smartphone penetration, even in the remotest corners of the country. And so we believe that while uh, today you see, like, I mean, there is no difference in, say, a lower income guy sitting in a tier four town accessing commerce, sitting at his phone, right? So the access to e-commerce is similar for him versus, say, affluent guy sitting in an urban area. Same way for a lot of other services. But when it comes to finances, the gap is still quite stark. So the idea was to eliminate this gap using technology as the backbone and, you know, uh, really working at the cutting edge layer of this. And, uh, and yeah, so I think with that goal in mind, uh, SmartCoin was started. And as I said, I think it's a credit like platform. Because lending is where the bulk of the demand-supply mismatch is happening. But ultimately, you also realize that uh, for people to ultimately better manage their financial lives and unlock the opportunities to grow and aspire for bigger goals, you have to give them solutions, products, tools across each of the verticals, right? Whether it is in terms of how you save, whether it is in terms of how you protect yourself against unforeseen emergencies, or uh, or or in general, how do you just manage your financial health, right? So the idea is to create a one-stop solution using technology at the center uh, to provide the best solutions for a customer. But yeah, so I think that is what SmartCoin is. And how is the firm changing the digital lending standards in India? Right, so see, I think this sector as a whole has seen like a lot of changes. Uh, I think we have seen... A significant change in landscape over the last few years. In fact, like every year, you see this, you know, evolving uh, very rapidly. Whether it is from the customer understanding standpoint or the regulatory standpoint, and you know what So, in fact, like when we begin, the idea was to go after this, uh, you know, middle income uh, segment layer and uh, build products for them. Because what we also realized that this segment has been underserved for a variety of reasons. Right? One of the biggest problem was. This is a segment which is typically not earning as much as say the top 5%. So the credit needs are also very, very different. They are much more prone to income shocks, which means the credit needs are not say typically for a few lakh. Like if you, if you take example of a personal loan, the top tier will say typically need a big ticket personal loan either for a particular event like a wedding or a medical emergency or, or, or it could be generally to, you know, uh, like grow better. But for these guys, even a medical emergency at home could be a cause of anxiety and shock. And what do you do in that sense, right? And historically, we have seen India is one of the largest informal borrowing markets in the world because you end up going to your friends or families and just you know taking care of that need. But it obviously is not sustainable. It's not desirable either. So and And, and the reason why no one was fo- focusing on it was also because of the way institutions have been structured. So the legacy institutions, they are all manual in large part, which means their OPEX is always going to be high. Risk determination is also going to be very, very difficult because India is again one of the largest informal jobs market in the world, which means you don't always get very up-to-date data on people's, you know, how much they are earning, what their risk profile is. So if you're only relying on traditional data, you cannot underwrite them well either, right? So there are problems with respect to product innovation, with respect to unit economics, with respect to risk determination. and so we started we believe that we can really i think find a solution and you know i think uh you know work on it and that was the genesis and if you see in the last five years now it's like short-term personal consumer lending has grown massively and now i think everyone is recognizing that there's a huge potential in the sector and like you know this can uh, uh this can become really huge which is already happening you know if you look at the year and year on year growth metrics so in line with that what you have also seen that the As the market grows, naturally, the regulations also have to grow in sync, right? So just, I think, a few months back, we had the RBI releasing a very comprehensive set of digital lending guidelines, which was uh, essentially, I think, quite a welcome step because uh, ultimately, for all of these markets to function properly, you need a clear set of guidelines, which make sure that the customer interests are protected. There is a lot of transparency in the system. There is a standard set of guidelines so that There are no misusers of the system because these are the sectors where there's tons of opportunities will always attract some unwanted or like, you know, unethical players, right? So how do you make sure that the guidelines are same for all? And I think people can build on that because the trust in the sector as a whole has to grow. So I think overall, I would say what we have seen in terms of the digital lending guidelines last year that has attempted to bring a lot more transparency to the system. That is attempted to make sure that the from the borrower perspective they can have more trust. They know who is a genuine lender, who is not. What are the sort of things that they should keep in mind? Similarly, for all the DLAs and LSPs, the loans, the service providers and the apps, uh, there was no clear framework before, which as I said, you know, gives also rise to sort of a lot of confusion. So they are also now because we have clear guidelines in terms of who should do what. What should the treatment of, say, customer data or, like, his data privacy concerns? What should be the flow of funds? What should the trail like? So all these things are very adequately, uh, you know, addressed, which I think are good for the sector in the long run. So we are, I think, definitely getting there. Obviously, there's still few things which will need to be, I think, addressed well, and for that, I think all of uh, the fintech startups have been obviously syncing with the RBI and other uh, sort of government bodies as well. And I believe, I think, we are on the right path And uh, the growth and increasing customer interest in the sector is obviously a a, a big evidence of that. But yeah, I mean, like this is something which has to keep evolving as the market grows. So what is the future that you see, you know, through the perspective of index sector changing, innovation and customer benefiting engagement activities? The innovation and focus on customer engagement, like there has always been a lot of room to work on it. Because you look at on any macro stats, India. It still stands, I think you know, uh, well behind most of the world, right? Like, for instance, um, the household debt to GDP in India is like roughly about ten to fifteen percent, while most of the other developed markets are at least north of fifty to eighty percent. So, we have a lot of room to actually, you know, I think uh, grow there. Similarly, what should be, or or, like, what is actually our aim, like which we started with as well, was to democratize credit access for everyone, like every genuine guy who is say, working and you know like uh, earning something or who is aspiring, they should be able to get access to credit. They should not be denied that either because of their occupation or their income levels or their location. So I think that has been our first aim, and we have seen, I think, great success on that side. And I would say, like obviously, we have been working deeply into lending, but I think that's a behavior that you're seeing all across, right? Especially after COVID, as we have seen the digital uh, uh, rails accelerating a lot, the digital payments have obviously, you know, like massively scaling. The If you look at the number of UPI transactions that are happening every month now, I think that's like scaled to hundreds of millions every month. So, I mean, that's obviously a, a, like a global story, I think, for, for people to, you know, like imitate. And so I think like we are seeing very positive impact of what is happening across all the verticals of fintech, whether it be payments or lending, investments, insurance, pretty much everywhere. So going forward, uh, I think we will see very increasing focus on each of these startups or generally the sector as a whole to figure what customer niches work, what sort of products should you build for them, how do you drive higher repeat behavior, how do you engage these customers, how do you create, I think, sort of uh, holistic solutions uh, which make sure that the customer is able to see a real impact in their lives, right? I mean, their day-to-day lives should actually get easier. Because of that, that is ultimately the aim, right? So I think we will see further focus from startups working in that direction. Another thing which I think is that right after COVID, because of, I think, global uh, supply of liquidity, we have also seen a lot of companies say, initially focusing on growth and I think, you know, just going after those niches. Now, as the market climate has changed in the last, I think, few quarters, we are naturally seeing everyone digging deep and figuring, you know, how, how can you create more sustainable, Solutions which become a win-win. Like your customer should obviously get benefited, but you're also able to see proper unit economics and sort of a sustainable growth metrics over there. And this is something which I believe uh, we will see a lot more focus. I think at least uh, you know for the for the foreseeable future. Uh, but I think having said that, uh, what you can clearly see is that there is growth all around. Like digital payments, lending. Maybe if you see the kind of scale that we are seeing from the fintech lending startup. That is massively like almost 10 to 20x higher than what we were seeing pre-COVID. Even then, we are barely scratching the surface. I don't think the total volume done by the digital lending startups is even like 2% of the total volume that is there in the market. In contrast, like if you look at someone like US, where the revolution started like a lot earlier, the last 14, 15 years, we have now seen uh, the share of, say, digital lending or, or the FinTech lending at a percentage of total base, like growing to almost 30% plus. India is barely at like less than 2%. So we obviously have a lot of room to continuously working and accelerating that. And I think uh, you will naturally see, I think more and more things happening in that direction. If I specifically talk, talk about us, like as I said, we started with a credit product, but the idea was to continuously innovate, keeping the customer in the center. So we started with a small ticket product where it, say we were giving them access to credit, which is affordable and which is very quick. Like they don't need to stand in line. They don't need to go to branches. They don't need to like wait for hours or days uh, just to get access to that capital. But beyond that, we have been able to use that data to then give them say higher ticket loans. Um, The idea is how, how we can use again, the same data to help them save. And I think build a discipline around it. So that because credit more often than not is just, is a symptom of a problem, right? You need credit for a medical emergency because you didn't have any emergency savings. You need credit for your working capital because you didn't have the right avenues or, or, or the cycles to manage it. So how you can build right personal solutions around each of those customer needs will determine how much value you are able to offer to the customer, how much importance you have for them. And I think once you're able to do that, naturally, your engagement will be much higher. You know uh, Your economics will look much better. So I think like that is something which is definitely uh, on the rise anyway.